What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Ready King Live podcast episode. I, I don't know what episode we're on because I'm front-loading these so hard. But it's an episode, and it'll say it after these title credits. All right, this week we have my good friend Tammy Yard-McCracken on the show. Hi, Tammy. How's it going? Awesome. Good. Bef- good. Before we get started, as always, I don't know if this is your first episode or your 15th episode, so I need to give you a overview of the rules as the listener or the viewer. This show is slightly different than a lot of the shows out there because this is a debate-based podcast. Now, I said debate, but some of you might have heard argument. We are not having an argument. We are having a debate-based podcast. So what I mean by that is... Tammy and I, before the show, have agreed upon a topic. During this topic, I'm going to pigeonhole Tammy into one side of the debate, pro or negative. I will, as always, take the opposite side of the devil's advocate side, my favorite part of the show. Tammy and myself will be arguing the point to prove our points to prove our side of the debate, not our personal beliefs on the beginning of the show. This is hyper important because even especially on this one, I'm going to be saying stuff that I don't really believe in order to uh, increase my side of the debate. We're going to open up with a, a, a opening statement from Tammy. I will then follow up. We'll do 20 minute free form debate. If you want to hear our final thoughts on this or what we actually think that all exists on the Patreon at the $5 level, please feel free to subscribe. So during this debate, in order to keep it friendly, we have a couple of rules. Rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. Me and Tammy have not known each other that long, but I feel we bonded pretty hard, and she can't say no on my show because that'd be (laughs) awful. So so I think we bonded pretty hard, so we are already friends. Um, Tammy was actually just up here in Edmonton recently, so we got to talk about a lot of stuff. We were going to do this, but we were having too much fun doing other stuff, so we decided to do this now. The rules of the show are I sent ahead of time 15, one, five logic fallacies that are not allowed to be used in the show. If you don't know what those logic fallacies are, if this is your first time joining us, please jump to episode one where I go over all 15 of the logic fallacies. The fun part of the show is if you get caught in a logic fallacy or if you start arguing your opinion and not your point or whatever, if you get, if you get outside the realm of the debate, we take a page out of Rory Miller's ConCon book. We take a deep breath. We apologize for using the fallacy or going off topic. And then we compliment the person on the other side of the screen and we give up our turn on the debate. We have not caught a lot of these. Everybody studies these pretty well. I really only have smart friends I get to hang out with, so it's pretty cool. But because we are so in the debate, if you, the listener, catch us in one of the 15 logic fallacies, you give me a a message, tell me what minute it occurred and what episode it was on. I will pay for my crime in push-ups on video for you, and I will shout out any material you want me to shout out for your company or business, et cetera, et cetera. So pay attention, listen to episode one, find the logic fallacy, see if we hit them. We were almost caught by one by a guy named Paul Donnelly, a little inbred uh, promotion uh, in Halifax, KPC Halifax. He thought we did uh, appeal to authority on the Sean Stark episode where we talked about the uh, efficacy of online training. It wasn't. Because an appeal to authority is using that stat as uh, end-all, be-all. And so I just use the stat as a reference and continue thinking past it. If we end the conversation, but the stat from Harvard says, that's an appeal to authority. So we are allowed to bring in stats. We are allowed to bring in other things to uh, increase the weight of our personal debate, not just be like, well, the God said, so we can't talk about this anymore. That's not allowed. So that's a horrible appeal to authority. So Paul... From KPC Halifax, at KPC Halifax, uh, obviously some 
helps me to promote him, and he did a really good job. He's a big fan of the show. So, uh, with that in mind, we're going to start the debate here right away. But first, Tammy, who the hell are you? That's a fantastic question. <laughs> so glad you asked. Um, Terry R. McCracken, I currently hail from the D.C. metro area, Virginia side of the house, because um, that's important here where there's like five states within spinning distance of each other. Insane. Yeah, so you say D.C. metro, and it could mean like half a dozen things. So Virginia side of the house. I have a uh, self-defense and Krav training center out here in Loudoun County, Virginia, and um, involved with Violence Dynamics teaching team, involved with Rory Miller's current training, and just launched a, um, officially launched the 500 Rising Project. So, yeah, very excited about that. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to pick your brain more on the 500 Rising Project because it links right into this, not during the debate, uh, mostly during final thoughts and, of course, the promotional stuff. Awesome. So, Tammy, is that all you want to say about yourself? Yeah, pretty much. All right, that's good enough. Okay, so I just want to, I didn't want to cut you off. That's literally one of the things I'm going to say here. So uh, being more aware is really cool. So the topic we are going to debate today, Tammy and I, is the efficacy of women's only training courses. Tammy, what side are you going to take? Are you pro women's only training or are you against women's only training? I am against Right. And that sucks because I would love that side, but I got the other side. I know what's going on. So I will be taking the con side of this. So one more time for the listeners, because my biggest, the biggest feedback for me is I use my shifty salesman words to shift the goalposts with the topic. So the official topic is the efficacy of women's only training. I'm pulling up my clock now. Tammy, get ready for your opening statement. All right, Tammy, you get up to, because we learned from Sterling Scott on episode seven that he will take the whole debate through talking, you get up to four minutes to make your uh, debate. Also, if you have a timer, it helps you a lot as well. So go. Yes. All right. I have a timer. Okay. So the interesting thing about getting into this particular conversation or this particular debate when it comes to women's only self-defense training is that the at a cursory look did not spend hours at this uh, doing some research into evidence that shows that women's only self-defense training is not a great idea uh, it was interesting because i didn't find a lot so i think about logical fa logic fallacies etc cetera, etc cetera. there's a lot of emotion-based opinion about why this is bad and wrong so my challenge is to find ways to have this conversation. Let's just kind of putting that up right there um, without drifting into kind of impassioned statements and all that kind of good stuff, because they're at, at least at first blush, there's not a ton of research, I think on either side of the house, but not a ton of research that says um, we like hardcore shouldn't do this bad and wrong. So, uh, so I'm reaching a little bit here. And as far as like having something that is evidence-based information, um, that being said, we can look at the things that are out there if you're going to do the interwebs thing. And there's a lot of like personal accountings and opinions from people who teach self-defense, both men and women, and then women who've taken self-defense classes. And, and not hard to find personal accountings from women students who took self-defense classes that were geared for women, so women only, who walked away from those programs far less than thrilled. And 
if we look at the conversation that they're having, um, makes sense. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of credence to give to these conversations. So one of the things that I think the industry using, using the self-defense term industry here is like, you know, we're not, we're not in the shop building, you know, like cobbling shoes or something. So, you know, industry is a loose term here. Uh, but I think we can use that and have that apply that the industry make some hard mistakes in doing women's only classes is that they miss, um, they're, they're missing a couple of key things. One, there's a realism factor that is obviously, well, I say obviously, but if we think about this logically, right, that there's a realism factor that's missing. We have only women. So we have only women working with one another as far as serving as training partners. And the Statistics do say um, the l latest stat. I gotta pull this up so I don't screw it up. Um, da -da -da -da. Where where did I write this down? Hang tight. I know I only have a few more moments here in my opening, <laughs> but um, so cumulative data that's been collected for a good number of years. The last cumulative assessment being done of the data being 2017 through Department of Justice National Crime Victimization Survey. One of the data resources is talking, it says that, you know, we're talking about a 80% percentage or higher that the need for self-defense among women is because they're up against an individual who's significantly bigger, stronger, et cetera, i.e. male, generally speaking. And so when we have women's only self-defense training, they're gaining perhaps a false confidence against, because they're, they're, they're experiencing success in physical skills with people who are their size or possibly even smaller as far as a uh, demonstrated threat in training experiences. The other factor in the issue with women's only self-defense is that the programming that tends to work with women takes a, especially women's only, takes a victim blaming approach sure. and also then tends to focus on the physical skills, which communicates the gear almost the, I would say guarantee but like the social expectation that women will be assaulted therefore their only response is to be able to have the physical skills and then the last point oh you're over keep going <laughs> uh, all right well I can hold it to the conversation okay, sounds good. yeah I'm sure it'll be there all right so uh Tammy just wrote a fab I'm gonna pause this as I pump your stuff Tammy just wrote a fantastic blog on something very similar to this uh dangerous minds is the name of your blog yeah Yes, so check that out. I'm starting uh, the timer again. No, wait, Dangerous Realities or something? Uh, dangerous Realities is the URL. It's be uh, Beautifully Dangerous is the name of the blog. Beautifully Dangerous. That's the one. I just see it and read it. I don't remember it. Sorry. So, <laughs> But you did just write an article on that. That's how I know. I read it. Uh, so this is very similar. And that was actually pretty much a quote right from it right there. So I'm going to jump in my counterpoint, and then we'll get to open debate. So resuming. Oh. Awesome. So the goal of this conversation is the uh, efficacy of women's only training programs. And I think... There is a great need for them at a certain level of training. And I'm really going to focus on a certain level of training for this debate. And Tammy's smiling because she knew, I hope I didn't go here, I bet. But this is exactly what I want to start with, which is, as women, there's a bunch of factors when women come into a place like a martial arts gym that tend to work against them. Number one is imposter syndrome. It's huge. Uh, 
right? This is a boys thing. Boys are rough and tumble. This isn't normal. And I'm speaking in generalities here. I'm sure there's a lot of outliers out there that did not experience this who are female. So just chill out for a second. I'm only speaking about the overall arching view of this. So number one is comfort level of what they're doing. Number two is while yes, I agree that uh, you should have a resisting male opponent. A resisting male opponent is not the great place to start to build up any confidence, not false confidence, just any confidence in any kind of system. The next thing I'm going to bring up here is that women tend to speak up less, it seems, according to a study, 33% less when men are involved because men tend to interrupt. So, and I am, I am bad for this too. That's why I was making the joke earlier and reading the study has made me more aware of my interruptiness where I think I'm helping, but I'm just mansplaining or squishing it. And that's a real problem that I have because I think that I'm trying to help, but it comes across terrible. I'm aware of this. Not everybody is. Most men speak to create status. So they're trying to show off how smart they are, where a lot of women tend to speak more for communication aspects and they tend to speak up less if a male is present, especially in a male dominated field, i.e. self-defense. Um, the other thing I want to look at is I think the tribal bonding is deeper at a lower level. If everybody's going through the exact same experience or something similar, women tend to have less of the adrenaline curve, less of the aggression. So they go through a much different tribal experience. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was distractions on both sides of the fence. Distraction number one is in a women's only class, while obviously people, women who like women exist, most women don't second guess all the time if a woman's touch was proper for the technique or not proper for the technique. Where if a male does the same thing, they might be like, was that appropriate? Was it inappropriate? So that's the distraction on the female side. On the male side, I am no better than this. When I was younger, I was way worse. If there's a pretty girl in the room, I start showing off because I want to be picked by the pretty female. So there's a distraction on both sides of the fence. Tammy. What? <laughs> So, wait, oh, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about speaking up. I think that's okay. hugely important. And I think especially with what you said um, on how they only tend to focus on the physical skills. While I agree with that, learning how to speak up is important. So go ahead. So I, I can't, I, I won't disagree with you on the learning to speak up is important. That's self-defense industry as a whole. That's a, a factor that, right, we want to address. I think that the... There is a subtle reinforcement of the hesitation to speak up. If we teach women the, or create the safe place to use that language where they can begin to speak up minus, minus mm -hmm. the people who are the factor why they don't in the first place. So mm -hmm. if I remove, I remove the stimulus and the, behavior then that we, so it's, it's kind of like a negative reinforcement in behavioral psychology. So I want you to do X, therefore I will remove a negative stimulus so that you will do X more. And, and so that's what you're talking about. Yes. The, what we know in behavioral psychology is anytime we use these type of reinforcement schedules, there has to be a, a transition off that reinforcement schedule that's gradual or we lose the gains on the behavioral change. Sure. And I, in my experience, this is obviously doesn't make it hard fact across the universe. In my experience, that is not done. So we have women in women's only classes. They're learning to speak up. They're learning to use their voices because we've taken away the negative stimulus associated with that 
um, the, the research that you're talking about, women speak up less 33% of the time and males present. And then all of a sudden, boom, we, we, there's no bridge. We just jump to the other side, to the other island and mm -hmm. say, okay, now take all those skills that you learned and do them here. Now that we've put that negative stimulus back in place and there's no, what we know in behavioral reinforcement patterns, we're not transitioning it. So we should expect based on several, several decades, we go back to B.F. Skinner's approaches. This is all comes from B.F. Skinner in his early years in the sixties, lining out these reinforcement schedules. You know, we're, we're talking about 60 some odd years of information on how we know about changing behavior. And we're, we are ignoring it because nobody's in my experience so far creating that transitional space. So the challenge would be then if that's something you believe this is why we should do women's only classes is so we can address the verbal dynamic without that, uh, uh, I would say oppressive, but that sense of here's the yeah. negative reinforcement, why we're not going to do it. How are you going to make what transition schedule are you going to use mm -hmm. so that after their course, they yeah. go out in work, public or regular classes sure. and that negative, that negative stimuli is back in play. Now, what do we do? Right. So I'm going to red herring you on that because uh, that's totally changing the shift of the topic, which is a great move, but not allowed in the show. Uh, I want to walk it out, but we can't right now. So we're debating the efficacy of women's only classes. I think that is one of the points that shows it's effective because if somebody comes in curative, somebody's went through something horrible and they're learned they're allowed to speak. Yeah, sure. They have to transition. That's every program. Every program can't stay at level one. Right. So I think that's still a, a feather in the cap of a woman's only program. If a person is barely able to speak up. And then they walk into a women's only program. They feel more comfortable doing that as opposed to being slammed into a class that and that's very strong language slammed, but being put into a course where there's males and females, and then they feel shy and weak. We're not giving them any benefits by doing that. So that's one place where women's only course is a great, a very effective starting or staging point for continued training. I'm not sure, sure. that I I agree with it as a complete red herring. Okay, sure. Diversion yeah. because, and, and, and I suppose it would depend on how the program is marketed. Got in it. my experience yeah. in seeing, uh, like I, I pay attention to the stuff, right? That's yeah, the, of course. That's about that, right? Yeah. The, when that particular topic is addressed in the marketing materials and the women that, uh, whose accounts I've read and the women that I've talked to done, gone through classes that have addressed that, there is a, um, it's advertised in class and prior sure. to the class as you, you will have the skill. Ah, sure. Okay. That's fair. Which indicates then therefore you should have it in the circumstances that we're training you to have it in. Right. And, but we're missing a major piece to make that I, happen. I agree. I'm going to pause here again. Cause I think we're going to run into this a lot. Are you uh, debating a woman's only program forever? Because I'm not. I'm debating like an entry point woman. So we should have we should have cleared this up. So I want to clear it up on the show right now. What are we debating? Because that's going to change some of my topics. If we're if we're saying women's only forever, then yes. But if we're saying women's only as the first stepping stone on a journey of martial arts, that's a different thing, right? Okay. Yeah. I and so if we're gonna, I I think we can if we nail down this is a um, a hard starting point. Yeah. And a a finite starting point. Sure. Okay. Uh, with with hard taglines into like and then next. Right. Yeah. Then okay. then I'll give you that. 
Sure. Okay. Cool. So for going forward, then are we we're talk? Let's if we can, if you don't mind me switching it because it wasn't clear in the thing. Okay. Uh, and that's I don't want to debate back and forth on this like the wrong area is. Can we say as a starting point? So like you said, like women's only classes as a starting point. Okay, sure. Okay, does that work for you? Okay, I'm going to resume the yep. clock. We still yep. time. Okay, cool. So then I think uh, the next thing that I want to say is curriculum. And I think this is important. And I'm definitely poking at your own stuff because I know you. Uh, women face different problems than men. And you don't want half, the, half of the class's brain shutting off or in most traditional martial arts self-defense gyms. 75% of the people's brains shutting off when we start talking about the problems that females face. Now, a great example is I taught your hair pulse cycle sequence, uh, overhand, underhand, drag, feet on the reserve last weekend. Huge upgrade. The person that brought me was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm like, well, yeah, because a female created this. And I, no matter how much research I did, no matter how hard I worked at this, and if you follow any of my stuff, I'm always doing this. Speaking to the listeners, not you, Cammy, uh, Didn't even cross my wheelhouse. I needed you as a female to create a female-based program in order for me to teach that. What are your thoughts on that? Because women face different problems. Mixed. Ah, okay. Good. I like it. Just like I like my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no token nada. Um, <laughs> I'm just not touching that. Um, I, so here's the downside to that. Sure. The so we do a uh, just a uh, personal mental poll of your students, like kind of mm -hmm. thinking about this for yourself, and how many of the individuals who train with you who identify as male have people in their lives who identify as female. If you oh. were going to all of them, okay. All of them, yeah. They all have moms. That's okay. all of them, yeah. Okay. So if we restrict the skill sets for women facing the somewhat unique problems that women might face comparatively, uh, flipping the script, guys have problems that they're going to face that women are not going to. And, and so that's why I'm thinking about this in a mixed gender class or program. If we men and women on the mat, we never address these concepts like the hair pulls that because it's specific to women's training, then we're taking a group of guys, gentlemen, and we're, we're creating a void they may not be able to recognize in their awareness. And so we're, we're taking something out of the curriculum that they're not necessarily going to be consciously aware of is missing because they're not thinking about it, yep. right? As, as you said. And the, the, the reality in my experience and other people that I know who teach, our students go home and they talk about what they learned to all of the people in their lives. Sure. And so there are women in their lives who they could go home and share this information with that if there's a void in their curriculum, they're not going to be able to do. Sure. It also increases their awareness of the problems that the women in their lives face. Again, right, our conversation, you're like, I had no idea. Yeah. So we, we do our guys a disservice mm -hmm. by not letting that information be in the class because we're worried about their brain shutting off, let's say, sure. and flipping the script um, or, or 
you know, taking it in verse, we have women on the mat who have husbands, brothers, sons, perhaps. And I think about this as a mom of boys. If I were training, you know, if I go back to when my kids were little and I was training, understanding the kinds of things that my boys were going to be confronted with as young men was invaluable to me as a parent. And that's, that's a, a, an inverse void again, that's not going to be addressed. And, you know, if we create that women's only training and there's a sort of a tag I want to put on that because we're talking about it being a stepping stone, like we're just as an entry level to programming. Yeah. And I don't have hard numbers on this to work with because the stats aren't being kept in a way that people get to access um, how many women who do these entry level women's only programs actually go on to expand their training. I know statistically for us, it's low. Right. Well, and that makes sense. I agree with that. Uh, But again, we're arguing the effectiveness of the program. I think that if let's, let's face it, not everybody's coming in this to get a black belt. Not everybody's doing this program to to be the lifelong martial arts or the master on the mountain. So if somebody comes in and it's a course, and that's where the false confidence comes in, I'm sure. But if there's a course where women get to enter and they get to work with other women where they feel comfortable, yes, on a marketing standpoint, maybe you're not going to get as much conversion as you would like. But the people that do convert will be hard converts. And then they will also share that experience with other people because they felt comfortable learning things they usually feel uncomfortable with. Now, again, I'm, I'm, I'm very, this is almost a blanket statement and I don't mean it to be, but generally speaking, um, and I see it with this, is when I've seen uh, female students apologize to the male students because we were doing a female-based day. So literally the people were like, oh, we're doing hair pull. Sorry, you, sh- I sh- we should- you shouldn't have came today, right? Like you have this very warm, fuzzy, like, oh, they're doing this course for them and their family and their friends, but they're just not. Some people are trying to become badasses of both themselves. Going to, a- if you want to support your family and friends, don't go to class, stay with them, right? <laughs> like, so you're already taking time away from that. And a lot of these people are like, they're there to become the ultimate warrior, Batman, or this was me when I was younger. So when I learned something, it didn't apply directly to me. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't have a poker face. And so uh, if I'd be like, oh God, I don't want to do this. And then people would apologize to me, even though it's not my class. You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense at all? Uh Uh-huh. I think that, again, when it comes to this, when you feel like an imposter, when you feel like you you shouldn't be doing this, you want to appease the people in the room you think should be doing this, right? If I was in a pregnancy course i would shut up if somebody asked i would be like what am i gonna experience right i'd be like oh i'm sorry you don't need to cover me we want to talk about the person going through this so you've i i caught it mentally and now it's gone so hang tight no worries um ah so talk to me more about what you mean <sighs> yeah when you're using this concept of imposter syndrome sure so the impossible, oh, we got 30 seconds. Uh, oh. we'll, talk, we'll talk more about this. And don't, don't therapize me on the video, but uh, <laughs> we'll talk about you. Uh, but but for, the, for the final thoughts, we will walk this out in final okay. thoughts. Imposter syndrome for this is the females feel like they could, they could never accomplish this in real life. So learning in a small, crawl before you walk, before you run is kind of what I'm trying to say here. Okay, got it. Okay, and we have five seconds left. Tammy, anything else you want to hit me with before you, you start charging by the hour or... 
<laughs> All right, awesome. So time is up. That was a super fun debate. I had a ton of things that I wanted to bring up, and that's what I love about the show is that I didn't know that women are 33% less likely to speak out when a man is present. Makes sense, especially if that man is me and I'm super loud and always talking. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyways, that's the show for free. There always is more on the Patreon. We're going to walk out the imposter syndrome, what Tammy and I was talking about. Also, where we come back together. Uh, I'm sure me and Tammy have identical views on this. I really want to remind the listeners that and the viewers that I had to argue my point. I actually agree with Tammy, but I had to argue my point because that's the point of the show. What I want you, we're not, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Neither is Tammy. We're here to give you options to ask better questions. What questions should you ask before going to stuff? That's why we present this as two points of a topic, not two opinions. If you want our opinion, it's five bucks. Check on the show. There's a bunch of other people on there already. A uh, ton of um, people that have had this. We've done the final thoughts with. Now, first time I'm going to say this in the show, but I always put up a, a YouTube video and a Facebook post and a Instagram post of all these shows. I would like you as a listener, a little bit of fan, fan service back here. What was your biggest takeaway from this debate? On my comments below, below on whatever you're watching this on or wherever you're hearing this, in the comments, what was your biggest takeaway from this show? I just want to know what people are picking up as we're putting them down. Tammy, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me in lots of places. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sadly all over the interwebs. Sorry, um, in, in the mortal realm. Only uh, only in the mortal realm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that does narrow it down quite a bit. <laughs> Not in the nine <laughs> realms on Yisgar, Yisrael or whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so you can find me through coreselfdefense.com, core with a K, coreselfdefense.com. And that's uh, on Facebook as well. I am like me on Facebook, Tammy Yard McCracken. Um, you can also now find us with the 500, as in 500 rising. Com. It is the website just launched and it's, it's a, it's, it's the skeleton right now. You know, it's, it's going to, we'll be adding to it and all kinds of stuff, but um, information about an upcoming program is on there. And yeah, so that's basically the easiest way to track me down. Awesome. Tammy, thank you so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. That was a very fun debate. I, fun. I always have fun. All right. We are going to jump on to the final thoughts. So thank you so much for listening. If you only listen to the free content, thank you so much. Please share and subscribe yep. and yada, 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 all the internet things. Uh, follow Tammy. I'll have her link to her stuff in the show notes and we will talk to you all soon. And hopefully we'll see you or hear you on final thoughts.